You're listening to Hooked on Creek, a podcast celebrating the music, history, and fans of the legendary jam band Max Creek. I'm your host, Corey Johnson, and you are listening to episode 13. Could it happen on a Sunday after Saturday Thank you for tuning in to episode 13 of Hooked on Creek. In this episode, Dave Berland joins me on the podcast, and together we discuss our recent experiences seeing acoustic Trey Anastasio shows, and we also provide a full review of Max Creek's performance on October 25th, 2019 at Garcia's at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York. But wait, there's more, because this episode also includes full performances of the songs I Will Always See Your Face and Cruel World from that incredible Max Creek show on October 25th, 2019. And if my guest in this episode, Dave Berland, sounds familiar to you, it's because I interviewed Dave in episode 5 of the podcast. So after you're done listening to this episode, go back and check out episode 5 of Hooked on Creek to hear Dave talk about the music he creates under the name Cactus Area and learn about his deep appreciation for Max Creek and Fish. But here we are in episode 13, so don't go anywhere because this is a good one. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that you can find a direct link to stream or download the entire Max Creek show reviewed in this episode in the show notes, or simply visit hookedoncreek.com. And while you're there, click the contact link and let me know what you think. I'm always looking for recommendations on topics to cover or Max Creek shows to feature in this podcast. All right, now let's get started. Dave Berlin, thanks so much for joining me on Hooked on Creek. Hey, Corey, thanks again. This is this is my second time on the show. It's great. I love it. I'm so glad that you're you're back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Now we both recently had the opportunity to attend an acoustic evening with Trey Anastasio, yeah. and I'm really curious to get your thoughts on what your experience was like. I saw Trey when he was here in Milwaukee at the Riverside Theater back on Friday. October 18th. The 18th, yeah. When and where did you see Trey? So I saw Trey on October the 15th in Geneva, New York. And it was the first show of the acoustic tour. And man, I just, I absolutely loved it. Now, you know I'm a big fish fan, but I just really enjoyed the show. My wife and I went. Um, one thing I wanted to mention to you is that there is a, there was a, um, a bar there called the Twisted Rail, which is kind of, there's a couple of locations here in Western New York. And somebody on Facebook contacted the owner of the Twisted Rail because they were closed on Tuesday night. And they opened up the restaurant and the bar basically before the tray show and had kind of a fish night. Oh, cool. And we were really excited. We, Yeah, it was great. And so we went there first. And then we went to the show. We had really good seats. I mean, probably the best seats I've had at a show. And uh, they're probably eight rows back. The crowd was really great. It was a kind of an intimate show, um, you know, like a theater show like he's been doing. And, uh, man, we really enjoyed it. I really love the stories, right? So what happened, I think, three songs in was that uh, someone yelled from the audience, hey, Trey, tell us a story. And, of course, he told a story related to the festival that was canceled because Geneva, New York, is very close to Watkins Glen, and they were going to have Curveball there, as you might as you might know. I don't know how much of fish you're aware of, but they were going to have Curveball there. So he started telling some stories about Curveball, and I'll just tell one of the quick stories. Now, the thing I should mention, too, is that all the stories, I believe, are compiled on YouTube somewhere. So someone took all the clips from the each of the Trey stories, and they put them together in a YouTube video, which is kind of cool. One of the stories he told was that uh, there's a campground in Watkins Glen where they perform. And so um, they had, you know, they always have an elaborate planning for these festivals. And 
one of the ideas was that there were two paths uh, to the stage. One was kind of a long path where you could walk and it was really nice to walk to the stage between the stage and the campground. And the other one was a shorter path. And what they were calling it was if you decided to take the shorter path, let's say you forgot something, um, you would go with, through what they called a mime field. Mime, as in they hired 50 mimes for the show. <laughs> so you'd have to go through all these mimes to get there. Now, what happened was he, he said was at the time Curveball was canceled, all the mimes were there. There were 50 mimes there. So they had all the mimes there, but they didn't have anything for them to do because the show was canceled. So he basically said that the drummer, uh, John Fishman, stayed back with all the mimes and started to kind of party with them. <laughs> and was sending pictures to Trey on his phone of kind of, you know, sad mime faces. And so it was kind of funny. But anyway, so those are just like the many stories that he tells. And I just like the insight into, you know, Fish and, you know, the band. I mean, he tells so many great stories. I'm sure he may have told some stories at your show as well, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was so cool to be among, you know, such diehard fans of Fish. And for the most part, they were respectful, right? But you have those handful of drunk, people who just can't help themselves and want to scream out things and some pretty intimate moments of the show. But yeah, it was so cool to hear him tell the stories that the crowd just loved so much. One of them was the like the infamous OJ show from oh, Fish in 94, oh, yeah. where they played yeah. at the Eagles ballroom here. And so he told some more background behind what the band was seeing and watching just off stage when nobody in the crowd had any idea what was going on. Right. So it was really interesting to hear him reminisce on that experience here in Milwaukee. He he talked a little bit about just, you know, his experiences over the years coming to Milwaukee and getting to know the city. And uh it was just a a lot of fun. For me, you know, I I probably was a bigger fish fan back when I was in college and I've sort of stayed in touch with the band. I've watched them over the years. Yeah. Um but to see and hear some of the old favorites of mine was cool. And then to hear some songs from the Ghosts of the Forest and there's an Oysterhead song that was played and some of the the ones off the Halloween show, the uh, Cats Vot, yeah, the Cats Vot Yeah, yeah. There's some really really cool tunes, and you know, there's not probably a ton of jamming going on, which is I think to be expected in an acoustic show. But I think the storytelling and you know, honestly, it was just a big sing along. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty five hundred people sitting in a theater just singing along it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, which I, you know, I thought too for a show like that. I mean. Uh, for me, the audience was, you know, they got a little rowdy sometimes, but for the most part, for a show, an acoustic show, people were very, very quiet listening to the words, which I thought was great. Because Fish fans obviously are very diehard and very, you know, fanatical in some cases. And so the, you know, the set list, you know, for my show was very similar, right? You had some uh, Casfot uh, tunes, which were really good. I particularly like Snowflakes in the Sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he played that. He was, he has uh, played that at a few shows and... Um, it's really interesting, but the guy who runs or the guy who was part of uh, fish.net suggested that he play that uh, song and he started to, uh, you know, play it again at some shows and it's a beautiful song. I mean, it's a really, yeah. it's a really nice song. And of course he always, um, has a few different guitars with him that are tuned differently for the in-law Josie Wales and for back on the train in particular on this one, I figured, um, it seemed like he had a special guitar to play that song and it seemed like he played that song quite on uh, quite a few shows right so uh, did he have three guitars when you saw him or you... yeah he had three guitars set up and um yeah he rotated through them throughout the night i think there were some different tunings on a couple of guitars yeah, yeah. played snowflakes in the sand here in milwaukee as well you know one of the songs i was just so happy to see was uh turtle in the clouds oh, yeah. i just love 
that song just is so mesmerizing to me and yeah, to see yeah. it was so cool. And it, and it was kind of interesting too. And we're just, uh, you know, just past a year when they did that kind of gag on Halloween, right. Where people were yeah. kind of really puzzled. It's funny. I ordered one of the original programs cause I wasn't there at the show, but I ordered one of the mm-hmm. programs, I think from fish in Vermont, they were sending though, they had some extras. And so I ordered one and it's kind of cool to read kind of the backstory of what happened and how they, you know, did that. I don't know if you've seen, um, have you seen the documentary, the Trey documentary at all between me and my mind? Not yet. Uh, you know, my wife and I went to see it and uh, we uh, purchased it on Amazon. Doc- I think it's on Amazon right now. So you mm-hmm. can get it on Amazon. That's a great documentary. If any, if there's any of your listeners or fish fans or anything like that, it just gives a lot of the backstory and kind of, you know, Trey is a songwriter, which I think is you know pretty amazing. He's gone through uh, quite a few things and just to see him come out the other end and, and, you know, you know, be writing so many songs, the Ghost of the Forest Project, that whole thing. I mean, just amazing stuff. So um, I think um, the show that we went to see in Geneva was the first time he played um, About to Run, as an example, and Ghost of the Forest. That was the first time he tried those. And sometimes when he's in these shows, too, he'll say, let me just give this a try. <laughs> and the audience is, you know, obviously right with him. Everybody's, you know, very supportive. So anyway, it was a very cool show. We really enjoyed it. I don't really see that many shows. I'm not really that much of a concert goer anymore. I pretty much couch tour things, but that was one of the shows. If there's a show in a theater where I can have a seat, then then that's the show I'll go to. Yeah, certainly. I mean, when I saw this tour announced, having Trey come into Milwaukee, which for me is like a you know a 15 minute drive for me. I'm in a suburb of Milwaukee, uh, is almost a no brainer. Just because Alpine Valley, you've probably heard of that probably, location yeah. here. Yeah. It's about an hour or so from me, and that is a great place to see a band, but it's a bit of a hike to get down there and it's not easy to get out of there. And, you know, with family and yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. It's very challenging. And the same for me. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan, but I don't really get to that many shows. I mean, I went to Baker's dozen. I went to two shows in Baker's dozen. I think we talked about that a little bit, but I just don't get out to that many shows. Although we are going to go see the Mike Gordon band in Ithaca in January. That's what we're going to, you know, that's one of the things we're doing. And, you know, that might lead us right into some Max Creek discussion because, of course, Scott's going to be there playing guitar. I was really disappointed when they didn't come back to Milwaukee. Oh, they didn't uh, come back? No, they're oh going to be God. in, uh, I think, Chicago and Madison. Not impossible for me to get there, but again, it's even further away. Yeah, it's, now, did you see them last sorry. time then? You saw them last time? Yeah. Well, so that that's the whole introduction to this podcast is when I saw Mike Gordon come to Milwaukee a couple years ago, that's when I saw Scott play. And I had no idea who Max Creek was at that point oh, really? in time. Okay. And I was so... Just mesmerized by scott i looked him up and then all this happened and now i'm sitting on a podcast talking to you (laughs) great great hey that's the way to do it right absolutely so a couple weeks ago we both i think had an opportunity to watch or maybe listen to the max creek show that was streamed live at garcia's on october 25th right yeah did you get a chance to watch the whole show oh yeah i mean i've seen it and i watched it a couple different times i love watching the interplay between the guys but so that's on the Relics YouTube channel, right? That's the one that, that um, has it. I'm glad they're keeping that up there, too, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I wish there were more Max Creek shows streamed live like that. Yeah. I had no idea it was coming. I don't know if they knew it was going to be streamed live because they didn't seem to announce it ahead of time. Right. So that night I caught maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes or half hour. Then I watched the rest of it over the next couple of days. And since then, I've listened to it, just the audio of it, because it's a different experience, right? We just sit back and sure. listen to the music. But sure. it is a lot of fun to watch them. As many people on this podcast might know, I've never actually seen the band perform yeah. live. So seeing yeah. that interaction for me is really important to better understand how the band plays with each other and they, how they improvise. So Yeah. And for me, I love watching them, right? I prefer to watch things on YouTube like that. I mean, of course, I've listened on archive and all that, but I, 
I prefer to watch the video, and especially, you know, that particular video, that angle from Garcia's, where you can see the whole band. Um, I was looking into Garcia's, too, right, because it's Garcia's at the Cap, which is basically a 250-seat venue that shares a lobby, I think, with the with the Capitol Theater in Portchester, New York, right? That's the venue. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I loved about this show, as I was thinking about the show again today, is that it's such an intimate venue for them. And um, I love that, you know, the fact that as an audience member, you can get that close up to the band. I think that's just great to do. And you see that in the first set, right? Especially in the video. Yeah. You can see people kind of walking up the side of the stage and everything. I think that's awesome. I would I would love that kind of experience. I mean, I you know, I really think that's one of the great things about Max Creek in particular these days is that, yes, they're a great band, of course, but you can get so close to them. You can really see what they're doing. And so I don't know about you, but that's one of the things I loved about the you know, the show, the video, everything. I think what we can do maybe is let's walk through sure. the set list. I have a couple notes on what I thought were some standout performances, but I don't want to lose this thought because you brought it yeah, up. Yeah. Watching the video, there's there's a guy who's dancing on what would be our right side of the screen, <laughs> yeah. especially during I'll Always See Your Face. And that guy is my hero because that's yeah, how I yeah. dance, right? Oh, really? Okay. He was dancing <laughs> like nobody was watching that and was he's hilarious. just amazing and I love everything about him. It's <laughs> so, interesting to know that you dance like that too because as I think I mentioned <laughs> the first time when I saw them at Lincoln farms my <laughs> wife and i were dancing i've never danced at a show for two hours like that ever in my life and i had so and i had so much fun so i can definitely relate to that guy i'm not sure that i dance like that guy but, but <laughs> it was funny to watch maybe in the moment right yeah <laughs> all right so the uh, show starts out with jones going into feeling all right and then i want you to know so jones is one of their big yeah. heavy hitter jam songs right let me just say any show that starts out with jones i think for the show that i saw Earlier this year, uh, the second set started out with Jones. And I have to say, I'm pretty much a second set um, kind of guy. But the first set, I was really impressed with. I think even more. Maybe it was because of the timing of the show or things like that. The show was a little bit later maybe than usual. But any show that starts out with Jones, you know you're going to get a good show, right? I mean... Yeah, and I think what what's interesting about Max Creek for me anyway, and I compare it a lot to like listening to the Grateful Dead, is yeah. Max Creek tends to have their first song be a big one. Like oh, yeah. they, yeah. like I'll go back through and listen to shows, and that first song, it's like they're pretty intentional about making it a big song. They jam yeah. it out. It's not like a short, you know, three right. minute or four minute song. Right, right. And they they delivered on this one for sure. It was it was really cool. And then feeling all right. Oh man, yeah. I love that. I love that song. And and just to hear kind of Mark, you know, go into it now. When you're watching the video, too, this was something I was watching, too. I watched the transition, right? Because with these jam bands, right, you want to see sort of how they're looking at each other. You know, the set list probably is not predetermined, I wouldn't imagine. I mean, I'm sure they have some things that they do, but Mm -hmm. they've been playing together for so long. I mean, I think it's going to be 50 years next year. Was that what we were saying before? I think they're at 40. I think this might be their 48th year, so they're coming up on 50. Yeah, Yeah. so they're coming up on it. Um, and so what I'm looking for is how they're signaling to each other. Uh, is there, is there a clue in there that you can see? And that's one of the other reasons I like to watch jam bands is because yeah. I like to watch for those kind of signals and clues. And with the, with the full shot on the whole band, you can kind of see what John is doing. You can see what Bill is doing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Mark kind of led into, you know, feeling all right. Obviously that's a, yeah. a song he probably likes to play a lot. And I just love his version of that So. Yeah, I mean, you're right, because when I listen to it, sometimes you can hear the notes of the next song just sort of teased at the interludes between two songs. You can hear it, and then to see on the video of maybe just an eye contact between two people, like they know when they're going to go. Exactly, yeah. It's it's so cool. And it's cool, like I said, to see them, you know, they've had so many years of experience that it must be, it's like a language, right? Music is a language. And so, so I'm watching for those kind of, you know, subtle hints, and maybe it's not always as obvious, maybe, as we might think it is, but, um, uh, you know, I don't really hear 
um, I don't necessarily hear a feeling all right tease or anything in Jones, but yeah. I feel like, you know, once Mark takes over on the keyboard, that's, you know, that's his yeah. option to go into it, right? Yeah, so I mean, that's obviously a cover song. So for those in the audience who might not be familiar with Max Creek, they got something to latch on. They can really sing yeah. and dance along to that. So yeah. that was good. Isn't that, isn't that a jam band technique also? Maybe it's a band technique too, where bands, when they're starting out, they will play a cover song or something so that if you get into some original material, you at least know a couple of songs in the show, right? I think yeah. that's, a, that's a technique really for bands. I mean, I think that's what Fish does all the time too. So Right. And so feeling all right, of course, I recognize it via Joe Cocker, but of course that was originally recorded by Traffic in 1968. Third song was I Want You to Know. So John is like my favorite singer in the world. I don't know why, but I, I could listen to him sing almost anything. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, he really gets the crowd going, right? That's his job, I think, to get the crowd kind of up. And I, it's so fun to watch him during the show to kind of raise his hands and come down to talk to the crowd and kind of you know, that's what he does on the boat cruises, it seems like. And for Lincoln Hill Farms, he's doing the same thing, right? It gets people singing along together and really gets the energy up. So that's what I like about John. I think John is great. The next couple songs here, we, we've got Thoughts. And then it goes into Colin Elvis, which is a cover. And then I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. So for Thoughts, that's such a cool song yeah, for me. When I first heard that song, I really wasn't even sure if that was an original Creek song because it has a more right. of a prog rock sort of feel to it. Yeah. Uh, of course, once I got more into Max Creek, I recognized that it was an original and kind of looked up its history. And it's been around for a, a while. And the one thing about that song is I, I just wish they would jam it out because I think that's the song structure is there. You can... There's a really cool chord progressions in there, and I, I can see a, a direction it could go, but I look back, and they've never really extended that song. That song is usually always between, like, I don't know, six and nine minutes. It's a great song. I'm just, you know. Yeah, they never jam just, it out, yeah. I just wanted to jam it out yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe they'll be listening so they can hear what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then Colin Elvis, which I had never ever heard of this song until I heard Max Creek cover it. Cool song. It's a great song. It's a great song. Dire yeah. Straits song. And yep. Mark does a great job on that tune. Yep. But then we get into I'll Be Your Baby Tonight, which is, you know, just an amazing, amazing cover that yeah. Bill does of the song from Bob Dylan. It's a Dylan tune. Yeah. I'm pretty familiar with the John Wesley Harding album from Bob Dylan. It's one I've listened to a number of times back in my college days. Then I sort of like, you know, didn't listen to it for like 10 or 15 years. And then yeah. rehearing this song via Max Creek and through Bill was just such a fresh way of interpreting the song. Yeah, it's so different. It's funny, when I was looking over the set list too, I listened to the original version because I haven't listened to a lot of Dylan recently and it's so different, right? I mean, you really you really get a different take on the song. I mean, so I really like, yeah, I really like the version now for sure. Yeah, and they seem to uh, use that ending of the song, that playful interplay between uh, Bill and Scott on the guitar. They have this like, sort of dramatic ending to the, to the song, yeah, yeah, which is really yeah, cool. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how Scott is looking back to Bill. Sometimes there's private jokes happening, of course, right. All the time. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, because they do these songs, you know, so many times, but you know, Bill, I, I feel like is an amazing drummer, right? I mean, yeah. just, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Jay Morrell Stanley? Is that the, I think so. I'm pretty sure we're allowed to just say Jay. Okay, Jay. Okay, Jay, right? That's right. That's funny. So Jay then, right? Jay is great too, right? I mean, those guys are having so much fun back there. And even at the Lincoln Hill Farm Show that I saw earlier in the year, you know, they did these, you know, the drum solos and the interplay there is just great. So I've, I feel like those two guys in particular are just such a great addition to the band. So, And I've recently looked up Jay online to understand sort of what his background is. And I came across this band camp 
page and I downloaded an album that he released in 2014 that had a number of tracks on there that were, you know, for the most part, drum-centered songs with some other instruments on there, but it's primarily a drum song. Just And on it was Down in the Jungle, yeah. which is basically the song that he performs with Max Creek, which is Into the Ocean. So that version on his you know, CD or album from 2014. Didn't have any lyrics on it, but you know, you could hear it. It's all there, right? right, right. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes for those listening if they want to check it out. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that's in the second set, right? So I mean, that comes up later. But I also learned in, in looking at his band camp that I think he and Bill had been working together and playing together on some bands and doing some music together. So I think they came to Max Creek sort of as a pair. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Have you have you heard too that uh, Bill is in another band called Z3, right? Where they're doing Zappa covers. Have you seen that? Yes, I'm aware of it, I'll say that my Frank Zappa knowledge is pretty minimal. It's a place I think I want to explore for sure. <laughs> yeah, I can I can tell you that I have I have most of Zappa's catalog, surprisingly enough. And uh, it's funny, um, years ago, I had a really good friend when I lived in California, and we went through all of Zappa's catalog because when I was in high school and college and things like that, I really I really thought, you know, Frank Zappa was mostly known for things like Valley Girl, and that was it. That was my only exposure to Frank Zappa. When I went through his entire catalog, and it's a tough catalog to get through, I realized what an amazing genius, of course, he, he is and a composer, right? I mean, a lot of the stuff yeah, is, yeah. you know, controversial, of course, and there's lots of different things in there. But um, when you listen to his whole body of work, and we probably went through, I want to say, hundreds of CDs. And I have a lot of these in the back. They're actually in the back. I know I'm pointing, and this is a podcast, <laughs> you're not gonna, you know, but you can see it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have I have a lot of his uh, CDs, and I have a lot of respect for him as a musician. Of course, he was an inspiration for, obviously, Bill, but also Fish, too. And so Frank Zappa, to me, it's like almost intimidating. I, I don't know where to start. He is such a big figure. And like you said, he is considered a genius in the space. I just... Yeah, what I would do is, uh, and for any of your listeners, I would start at the beginning, right? Because a lot of his, you know, beginning is with uh, uh, 50s music, you know, comes out of 50s music. So you hear kind of these things in the beginning of his career that, that have a lot to do with that. So anyway, Z3 is another, is another project. I, I suppose Bill will be happy that we mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the uh, seventh song coming up here is I Will Always See Your Face. And, you know, this is one of my favorite Max Creek songs. Right. I say that a lot, but it really is. I think the, the song is, it's almost addictive in a way. It's one of these songs that once I get it in my head, it's in my head forever, like yeah. the entire day. And they really bust this one out. They really lay it all out there. They jam on it. It's just a, it's an incredible version of the song. Yeah, was that the, is that the last song in the set? I uh, no, there's one more. They end the set with "Something Is Forming." Oh, that's right, "Something Is Forming," which is also yeah. great, right? That's also a great yeah. jam song to end with, right? Yeah, and they jam that one out over 15 minutes long well, as well. Yeah. So they they really put a lot out yeah. there in that first set. I'm really impressed with what's here. You know, for me, I think the highlight of the first set is um, "I Will Always See Your Face," just because it's a favorite of mine. But there are just you know a number of songs here that they they really extend out with some jams and. Yeah. It's so cool to see it on video, to, to see how oh, intimate yeah. that cr crowd is and how close they are and how much fun they were having, really. And for me, I really like my favorite is really Jones and a Feeling All Right. That's really my favorite, I think, of, yeah. the, of the set. And as I was looking over the set today, too, I, as I mentioned, I think I like the first set better than the second set. But then as I, as I looked at the songs in the second set, this happens a lot with shows, right, as you might imagine. Because you go, oh, this is a really good. And then when you listen to it again, you say, oh, no, I really like this better. You know, But this is exactly why you listen to these types of bands, because they give you different perspectives, different days, different moods you're in, things like that. So 
but it was a very cool first set. So the first couple songs in set two, we got Emerald Eyes. Thank you for letting me be myself again, I believe is how you're supposed to pronounce that, and Six Days on the Road. So Emerald Eyes, what do you think of that song? Well, I have to say Emerald Eyes is one of my favorite Max Creek songs, and it was in that one in Lincoln Hill Farms as well. I just like that. Now, in this particular one, uh, I mean, in the one in Lincoln Hill Farms, you know, Scott did a lot of talking over the the uh, chord progression in the beginning. This one, though, I think is great also. It's a beautiful song. I love the chord progression in it. Um, and th- again, one of my, you know, this is one of the ones that gets stuck in my head a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved it that they started the second set with it. And this is, you know, because they started the first set with Jones and the second set with Emerald Eyes, this is the reason I was thinking of this show because it's one of my favorites. And this song here, it's over 20 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, right? just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's what's interesting. There's a part in this song about 17 minutes and 45 seconds in where I feel like everything gets almost slowed down. And there's like this playful interplay between John, Mark and Scott. And it's just, you could tell they were uh, just in the moment and they weren't really sure what direction they were going. And like almost came to a stop. They looked at each other. They kind of played off of some notes a little while. Then they all came back together and they closed out the song for a few more minutes. It was just, just really cool to watch and to listen to. Yeah, you know, I got I got to say too that that that's the moments, at least from uh, listening to Fish and listening to Max Creek and other bands too. That's the moment that these jam bands are looking for, right? They're looking for that moment where they don't know what's going to happen next. That's the moment of risk, right? Yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's you know that's what these guys are looking for, and when they find it, it's a great it's a great thing. And Mike Gordon talks about this too, right? The fact that they're looking for mm-hmm. you know this idea when they go on stage, they just want to forget, right? All, the, all these years of practicing and things like that, they want to be as quiet as they can and just see what happens. And so, so you know, I like uh, seeing that too. I mean, I like, I like seeing the things too where um, there was one point, I think, where Scott kind of leans on John for a minute. You know, they're, you know, you can really tell these guys are really good friends and they really have a great time together. So, yeah. you know, that's the stuff I love to see. So. Yeah. And so that song just blends right into the next one. Thank you, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Again, I don't have much history with Sly and the Family Stone. I'm aware of them. I have a, some idea of the type of music they play and a handful of songs. So it's it's cool for me to get to know some of their music a little more through Max Creek. Yeah, and this isn't one of my. I know their catalog a little bit. This isn't one of my favorite songs of theirs, but I do like the I do like the band, and I can see the again the funk roots are there, right? So, which is one of the reasons I like Max Creek too. So. It's just one more example of the the scope of music and genres of music that, is, that you can pick up in a Max Creek show, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, speaking of that, that transitions right into Six Days on the Road. So that is a cover song. It was originally written by Earl Green and Carl Montgomery. It was famous back in 1963 in the country music charts. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you wonder sometimes how they pick up some of these songs too, right? I mean... So coming up next is Into the Ocean. We talked a little bit about that song earlier. So Jay delivers a great version of the song. Now, wasn't he playing? He was playing an instrument. I was trying to figure out what the instrument was. It was almost like a mini auto harp or something, I, but it's probably not that. It's, it's, a, it's a rhythm instrument of some kind, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah, he walked up to the front of the stage. And he was holding a box yeah, in his hand, yeah. and I, I tried to figure that out, too. I couldn't figure out what it was. So, so Jay, if you're listening, let us know what that is, Yeah, because we want to know. <laughs> Right. So then, though, we come up to their next song, which is Cruel World. You know, this is one of those songs that they really, really deliver on. It seems like every time I hear this song, it it takes a lot of different paths and it just opens up some really cool space for this this band to jam on. Yeah, no, I I love Cruel World. I think it's a great song. I think it's a really, uh, you know, they really do a great job with it. So that's one of my favorites of the second set. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think, I don't know if you heard this, I don't have a, a deep history in jazz music, but I think Mark had been repeating this like little Gershwin-like line yeah. throughout the yeah. show, yeah. and it comes up in this song as well. I think it might be from Summertime. I'm not really sure, but Maybe, it's yeah. it's really cool to hear some little like underlying themes that the different band members put in throughout the, the show, and it appears here as well. Yeah, well, Fish does that as well, too, right? I mean, at the beginning of Bats Up Gin, right? Yeah. Fish will do that also, so... Yeah, this Cruel World is a huge, huge song Absolutely. in this set. And then it goes into uh, Turn On Your Love Light, which I think was a, a great transition off of there. I mean, you know, sometimes I like to look at these songs and overthink what they mean, like, because we have this cruel world, like just the name of the song, yeah. I think to me says something, but then we go on to Turn On Your Love Light. So I, there's almost like this, you know, this yin and yang or this right. like push pull, this like tension and release between these two songs next to yeah, each other, bad, right? which is really cool. So I enjoy yeah. Turn On Your Love Light as well. All right. And then after that, we go into Let Me Down Again. So Scott sings a, a great version of that. And that closes the second set. And that, and they, yeah, and they really jammed that one out as well, right? I mean, that one, I felt like I really enjoyed the jam on that, on that, on that song. I mean, they, you know, they, I feel like Scott on that particular one took it to the peak a couple of times in the song, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, just an amazing uh, guitar player. So. Anyway, I love that. I love that version also. Yeah. And then they come back from the encore and they play Henry, which is a cover of a uh, song by the New Riders of the Purple Sage. I think they had, that band had played it or recorded it back in 1971. And that was paired up with Max Creek's Back Porch Boogie yeah. from, it was actually on their first album, their self-titled album from 1977. I think they pair those songs up quite a bit. Yeah, actually. pretty close. And that was the encore in the earlier show that I saw too, so which was interesting for me. For me, the second set highlight definitely is Cruel World, and maybe that was yours too. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. You know, the one thing I was going to mention too, as I was making some notes for the show, is that, um, you know, one of the things I look at is Scott's guitar rig. I'm a guitar player too, so I Mm -hmm. like to look at his guitar rig. And I noticed that, and maybe this was recent, or maybe you know the answer to this too, but he used to play in Ibanez, right? So if you look at some of the... um, Gathering the Vibes videos on YouTube, for yeah. example, he's playing the Ibanez, and then he's switched to this Gibson SG, right, which is the... Yep. Uh, and, and, I mean, it sounds great. It sounds great live and everything like that. I don't know why. Maybe it's lighter or something. It seems like the Ibanez is a lot heavier, and so... But, I, yeah. I, you know, maybe you know the reason for that, for the uh, switch, but... <laughs> I, I don't. What I'm going to ask is my podcast listeners right now to send me an email, go to hookedoncreek.com, click the contact link, and let me know if you know the uh, rationale behind that i mean i'm assuming he has the ibanez still because that's the guitar that he's played for so many years but then i was even surprised earlier this year to see the gibson on stage and i mean it sounds great it sounds like he's got all the things he needs to do but um you know i'm you know particularly looking at the pedals that he has on the floor and things like that the other thing i wanted to say about this show if i were to pick an mvp for the show i would say that it would be mark yeah and i and you know i'm used to picking scott probably as an mvp for a show but i feel like I feel like Mark was just amazing. And maybe it was just because of the video and the angle that I can see his keyboards. I wasn't able to see the keyboards as much when I was at, you know, the Link Hill Farm Show, obviously, because I was, you know, below the stage. But yeah, there's that vertical sort of looking down. You can really get a sense of just the mastery of that keyboard he has. And just speaking of Mark, when I was watching the video, it was interesting to to watch him play. So his hands are just doing some crazy stuff on the keyboard, but he's like staring, you know, either right at John or right at Scott to, I think, to get a sense of, you know, where where their hands are going and to get a really good feeling of how this jam is going to evolve. And that is just so cool to watch. (laughs) Yeah. And you, and you, you get the sense that it's kind of a game, right? It's kind of a game between the three of them, right? They've played it for so many years. They need to find new things 
so that they don't get bored, right? Because they don't want to get bored because then the audience maybe will be bored, right? They need to bring some spark to it all the time. So I feel like that type of risk is the way they do it or is one of the ways they do it, right? They just don't know what's going to happen next. And that's the, you know, that's the fun, right? That's the fun of it. So I, anyway, I thought he was, I thought he was great. I feel like Mark, it seems like he's the most approachable when you go to a show like at Lincoln Hill Farms. He was the one that people were coming up to him, saying things to him. You can see at this particular show, two people come to the side of the stage and they're saying, you know, they're saying hello to him. They're, you know, they're almost reaching into the stage, which I thought was, I hope those guys were okay with that as I was watching it. I thought the the crowd was almost uncomfortably close, <laughs> but I think that made yeah, for a good show yeah. for them. <laughs> but I guess they're used to it. Are you, are you going to get to a Camp Creek at some point? I've been thinking about that, but. I am in the process of lobbying with my wife and family for that opportunity. <laughs> there will be a time when I get out to the East Coast to see a show and, um, I don't know when it's going to be, but it's in my future. It has yeah, to be. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I, you know, I keep talking to my wife about it too. We're not really sure. We're not, we don't get into camping that much. And I'm, so I'm not sure how that would go. And like I said, I think a camp kind of show might be interesting <laughs> to go to. So we'll see what happens. But so. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight. You're always welcome to come on the show anytime you want. I, I really appreciate your time. Well, thanks, Corey. I absolutely love I'm um, talking about Max Creek with you and I, and, and anytime you want to have me back, I'm happy to be here because I, I, you know, I'm so happy there's a podcast like this because I think you're, you have a very unique, um, show here in that I don't think there's any other shows about Max Creek. So I love it because I'm a big fan of the band. Right. So <laughs> try to, I've cornered the market on Max Creek podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Dave. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate all your insight on Max Creek and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Yeah, Corey. Thanks so much. That was a lot of fun, but now let's listen to a couple tunes from that amazing show. During the introduction to this episode, you got a taste of Jones. Now I'm going to play I Will Always See Your Face, and that will be followed by Cruel World. This is Max Creek, live on October 25th, 2019, at Garcia's at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York.
and this is Max Creek performing Cruel World. Thank you. 
When you get to where you want to be And there's no place left to go Try to learn what you want to see See if there is room to grow There are so many lifetimes waiting just for you to do Everybody needs to live in this cruel world You're all by yourself and that's a cruel
And that concludes episode 13 of Hooked on Creek. If you look in the show notes, you'll find a link to stream or download Max Creek's entire performance on October 25th, 2019. And I would love to know if you also attended one of Trey's acoustic shows or if you were at Max Creek's show back on October 25th. If so, visit hookedoncreek.com and click the contact link to send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in.